sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. And good evening, spooksters and parastalkers and paralurkers and the grand poobahs of Frightfully Good. We welcome you all to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio with your hosts, myself, Anne Rekovich, and... And the quiet one in the corner, Renata Daniel. Yeah, I've had one too many coffees today, so uh, heaven help you all out there who are listening. Oh, jam-packed show again, Renata? Oh, we've got an awesome, awesome two hours for you guys. We're going to be talking about black-eyed children, exorcisms, should you pay uh, paranormal investigators to come and remove ghosts from your home. And Chris is going to take us back to the 1970s as she talks about orange pomanders. (laughs) Please don't pick on the orange pomanders i like them <laughs> i want to see messages coming up on this phone here if you know what an orange pomander is if you are old enough to have made one way back in the dark ages yep, and know I am. what an orange pomander is i want to see this mobile phone light up and go yes 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 so the number is zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six because we're going deep into orange pomander oh, land i do like going deep <laughs> speaking do. of which it's my wedding anniversary <laughs> Happy wedding anniversary. How many years? 34. Oh, my God. I got married when I was five. You know you would have been released from prison by now if you killed him. No, I got a good one. I was lucky. Mm. I was really lucky. And he was even out ghost hunting with us last night, wasn't he? He was, and he was fabulous. Anyone that came on uh, to Matlin Jail last night would have noticed uh, Roman in Sea Wing with me. Yeah, I palmed him off. And he was... (laughs) Freaking awesome. And the group that we had last night just asked so many great questions. It was such an interactive group. Uh, really, really awesome. Really awesome. So anyone who's listening to who came last night, kudos to you guys because you were fabulous. Um, but we have some more coming up before the end of the year. Yeah, and uh, some of you may know Roman, my husband. He is on the TV series with us that we did, The Space Between, which mm-hmm. is on 7 Plus. So he was the intelligent sounding one. <laughs> Excuse me, you know, saying we, we weren't intelligent? No, they asked hard questions when we were on camera, and I'm like going, oh, duh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they edited those bits out. Okay, now, we start off every show with some paranormal news. So do you have some, Renata? I do have some paranormal news, and this is about black-eyed children who have been spotted yet again in Canuck Chase in England. Now, if you want to know where Kennick Chase is... She's getting out Google Maps. You ready? It is um, in the Staffordshire area. You turn area. left and then go 100 <laughs> metres and you go right. Shush. Um, it is in, um, yeah, somewhere near Staffordshire. It's in the UK. And look, it's apparently it's a really lovely area. There's uh, woodland, um, there's plantations of conifers, there's open hearthland, there's small lakes, and the remains of an early uh, coal mining 
uh, industry there. Um, but apparently it's very, very haunted. And people have been seeing these weird black-eyed children um, over the years. So I'm going to read you one story right now of um, a spotting that occurred uh, not too long ago. But in my second segment in the second hour, I'm actually going to talk more about these black-eyed children because I find it interesting that people go out to explore the same piece of paranormal evidence and they all come up with a different perspective as to what it is and why it's there. So this is a story um, that was written by Gareth Roberts and Mike Lockley and it is about one of the UK's leading mediums who claims to have snared the spirit on film after its return to Cannock Chase Hang on. following an unexplained 30-year absence. Did the medium go to the Arthur Finlay School of Mediumship like we did? <laughs> oh, I don't know. But we, if, we've if, got a piece of paper to say we did. If you, if you go to um, uh, Newcastle Live Radio uh, community page, you will actually see a photograph of this. Just scroll down and you'll see this photograph, this alleged photo, um, where this alleged spirit has been caught. And I'm wondering what you think about it. I know someone called um, me a superstitious moron when I put it up. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I've used other names, not that one. <laughs> uh, what do you think of this particular photo? It's Like I said, it's on Newcastle Live Radio. You might have to scroll back a couple, uh, but I did put it on on Friday. Now, it's the group, not the Newcastle Live page, but Newcastle Live Radio, Radio community. group. Community, yep, yep. So this is this spooky snap, which is on the page, the first time an infamous ghost known as a black-eyed child has been captured on camera. That's a chilling claim of top psychic Christine Hamlet. The medium believes she has snared the child spirit known to roam the sprawling hearthland of Cannock Chase in Staffordshire. Christine from Norwich, Cheshire, claims the haunting image shows the fabled and feared black-eyed child praying in the dense woodland. The clairvoyant, 57, captured the picture near the Birches Valley Visitors Centre and she believes the ghoulish child could be one of the many phantoms she has made contact with that died of the now treatable but then deadly childhood diseases like smallpox and diphtheria. That's how we're going to look at COVID, you know, when yeah. we get that far along. Yes, yes. She told Birmingham Mail they are asking for help but they didn't want help to get back into the light. I'm not sure I understand that statement, but we'll leave it at that. They were happy sitting in the demonic dark, Renata. They didn't want to go to the light. They were happy sitting in the dark. Right. So anyone who can't see the picture, it is... They're not um, obviously not woke. No, it's it, no. <laughs> no, they literally can't see the picture. I'll explain what, what it's there. It's um, a black and white photograph and it's got two big or large trees. So you can see the trunks of the trees. And in between the trunks of the trees is what looks like someone stooping down uh, with their head down and some sort of covering like a shawl or something around them. Um, so they... they they really look as if they're sort of kneeling or stooping down. And um, just so everyone understands what we're looking at, there is a circle around it. Um, so very sort of similar to photographs that you might see. But this kind of went viral when it came up. So Christine is just one of a string of ghost hunters to flock to the haunted hotspot after the, a plague of sightings of the girl with the coal pit eyes. And she revealed the secret of her success snap. Listen to this. I wonder what you think about this, Anne. Mm -hmm. So this is the 
other technique she uses, the pan and water technique. This involves photographing the reflections of ghouls in the water rather oh, yes. than traditional point and click of everyday snapper. I have done this. Right. Uh, with different coloured lights as well, with a, a past paranormal team that I was involved in. Uh-huh. And what you do is you've got your camera set up on a little tripod with a fast shutter. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, not fast shutter, uh, multiple shots. Um, you know how you can set it to take like 20 shots yeah. by holding it down. So you've got tripod, you've got a, uh, normally it was a silver bowl that they used to use. They'd put water in it and then they put a, another coloured light, like red light, blue light, trying different things things to see what would work mm-hmm. and then you'd agitate the water you'd shake the water and then you'd press the shutter and it would take photos well that's like pareidolia to yes. the hundred thousandth degree yes but there was some interesting results when uh they were playing some elvis music and some of the photos at that time looked like elvis with mm. the high collar and the the hair and everything it did mm-hmm mm. Interesting. Yeah, she doesn't believe me. <laughs> um, Christine's husband, David, grabbed the picture as the pair scanned the landscape for ghosts. She added, I help, ghosts, I help spirits who are earthbound, I'm special. <laughs> earthbound for whatever reason. They have a message or something to say before they pass on. There is a light and they have to go to it. <laughs> <laughs> or else. Just saying, or else. Spirits, you're dead. Go to the light or I'm going to smack your bottom. So I try to reassure them that there are people in the light who will help them. Oh, far out. (laughs) I thought we were going to have to hit the uh, dump button then. I thought there was another F word coming. Christine (laughs) claims a troubled spirit could be one of the many buried in an unmarked grave after dying in a workhouse. Now, where did she find the workhouse bit? added to this but never mind and of the girl's ghastly charcoal eye sockets she added the eyes are for effect what <laughs> the eyes person on acid <laughs> the eyes are for like <laughs> there's there's little kids over on the other side going I wonder how it can look even more spooky oh I'll poke my eyes out <laughs> make them dark holes hey Bob look at this it's <laughs> not spooky <laughs> You remember when kids used to fold their eyelash, their eyelashes inside out, and you'd have the fleshy bits, and then the the, the hairy oh, it was oh. bad. So these children have a story, and they want it told. I don't think that's the appropriate way. She's making this stuff up. Whoever this woman is, the black-eyed child of Canuck Chase has quickly become an internet sensation. The child has not been spotted for thirty years, but a plague of sightings in recent weeks has sparked worldwide interest. Some witnesses claim the child giggles and calls for help while the descriptions of the child are identical to those chronicled in the early 1980s. I've got tears running down my face. And experts have offered up a string of theories for its existence, from a mass hallucination to links to a Celtic tribe known for blood sacrifices. Of course, there always must be one. (laughs) One one eyewitness account related to paranormal investigator Lee Brickley, told of a family alerted by screams as they walked through Birch's Valley. And I'm going to read this later on. The unnamed shocked woman said, we instantly started running towards the noise. We, could find the child, we couldn't find the child anywhere and so stopped to catch our breath. Then when I turned round she, I, and saw a girl stood behind me, no more than 10 years old, with her hands over her eyes. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> it was as if she was waiting for a birthday cake. <laughs> <Yeah>. What? <laughs> I asked if she was Not okay. Not peekaboo. 
I asked if she was okay and, she, and if she had been the one screaming. Uh, she put her arms down by her side and opened her eyes. That's when I saw they were completely black. No iris, no white, nothing. I jumped back and grabbed my daughter. When I looked again, the child was gone. It was so strange. Oh, you can buy contacts now, you know, that do that. I know. Oh, what a and kid. people people get their eyes tattooed. I know. I'm just not brave enough. And it took me long. I was like only four years ago, got my very first tattoo. No. No. <laughs> You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata. Thank you to those people who have already been texting in with their questions and their comments. We really do appreciate it. Um, And hello to Catherine, who said she just was texting in to say hello. I do like that. Hi, Uh, Catherine. And there are many people who remember what the orange pomanders were. Many. Jenny knows what they are. Mel knows what they are. Um, I seem to have lost a few questions, though. I don't know where they've all gone. (laughs) Anyway, I need to get on to my uh, weird story. Okay. Because it's a big one. We'll we'll go through all the questions and everything when we get to spooky chat in the Mm -hmm. next uh, segment. Mm -hmm. But I would like to put a warning on this one before we head into it, because there is a few things that may trigger people in here so please guys if this uh, is distressing to you uh, turn off and come back uh, after 8.30 and speak to someone about it don't don't sit there and dwell on it make sure you go and chat to someone a health professional look this story tonight is about a beautiful lady 33 year old lady her name is Kelly Wilson and she ended up um almost dying as a result of a botched exorcism. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she ever actually needed to have an exorcism. Let me tell you the story. Mm-hmm. A religious fanatic anesthesist, the person that puts you to sleep in an operation. Anesthesiologist. Yeah, anesthetist. 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 We just spent half an hour trying to say that. <laughs> who He almost killed his girlfriend after injecting her with drugs during an exorcism. And he has now been jailed for 14 years. His name is Dr. Hossam Metwali. He is 61 years old and he worked at the Diana Princess of Wales Hospital in Lincolnshire in England. Uh, so he left her close to death, 33-year-old, with multiple organ failure after injecting her with painkillers and sedatives. Uh, apparently he made dozens of recordings of himself administering the fluids through a cannula mm. into Kelly Wilson whilst chanting a part of a dangerous perversion of an exorcism ritual. Now... I do have um, a a bit of a description of what this exorcism ritual is, but what we need to know here is that he is an unwell man and he has taken something and done done his own thing to it. Mm. Right. Um, So he had been performing the exorcism on Miss Wilson to rid her of evil spirits and and he was supposed to be helping her out of kindness. Mm Mm-hmm. Where'd they find him? Uh, well, uh, they ended up calling an ambulance for um, Kelly because she was on death's door. Mm. But how'd they find him in the first place to do this? I'll get to that. Okay, well. <laughs> so he went to court. He was tried. The uh, 
the the trial heard how he'd been performing exorcisms. They showed them the clips. It was very graphic. Um, and he had this tube attached to her chest and he was chanting verses from the Quran. Mm-hmm. So it was an Islamic type of uh, exorcism. Mm-hmm. So that's something to, important to remember, people, is that exorcism is not just for Christianity. Mm-hmm. It covers many, many faiths, and we have extremists in all faiths. Mm-hmm. And it's not the extremists that represent the faith. Absolutely. It's uh, so. Just please remember that this is an, a very sick man who took something and perverted it. So this, he was a father of four. He actually ran a pain clinic from his hometown. And he also filmed two patients, female patients, without their knowledge whilst they were getting changed in change rooms. Oops. He is a very sick puppy. So Miss Wilson was found at Met Wally's home in Grimsby in Lincolnshire in a deep coma on the brink of a cardiac arrest and with a fluid line inserted in her chest after engaging in an exorcism ritual the previous evening. He denied injecting her with anaesthetics. Of course he would. Uh, and But did admit to the counts of voyeurism against the female patients. So let me just jump down to here. Um, uh, where is it? The jury was told Matt Wally was prepared to endanger Miss Williams' li- Miss Wil- Wilson's life, and that she was found in the deep coma because he was trying to save her. So that's why he was prepared to endanger her and put her into this deep coma, because in his sick mind, this is what he needed to do to heal her. Mm-hmm. Now. This, uh, now I'm not going to say it correctly. Um, he, oh, first off, Met Wally was qualified as a doctor in Egypt and worked in Saudi Arabia before coming to the UK in 96, right? So that he, he was a qualified doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this Islamic ritual to cast out evil spells, it's called Rukya, uh, R U Q Y A, and it is the process. Uh, to exercise the spirits in three stages. Now, the first stage was the removing of any distractions. This is the real process, Mm -hmm. not what he did. Mm -hmm. Uh, Remove any distractions such as music, uh, golden jewellery. I thought that was interesting. Uh, Also, pictures uh, had to be removed from the room, which would allow the angels to enter. Yeah? The healer then tells the client and the family that everything happens by God's will, and that he's merely a mediator, also mentioning that other forms of healing, such as sorcery, are not acceptable to Islam. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, we're talking about exorcisms with spirits, but sorcery, hmm, isn't it sort of similar? Mm. Well, see, you, you can... Either you, or you, Well, you could label sorcery as, as being something that is suggestive of uh, the outcome being in um, somebody's favour. Mm. Okay, in the second stage, the healer determines if the client is possessed or not and tries to enter a dialogue with the spirit. The healer might ask the spirit about what type they are. Are they Zar, which is red wind? Are they ghosts, which is Awa? Are they jinn, which is a genie? Samum, which is the devils? Div, uh, 
that's right, uh, sorry, Samum Div. <laughs> get my tongue around some of these. Are they there for religion, sex, or what's their reason for the possession? He asked the client instead of the spirit about dreams that they might have been having leading up to this as well. Mm-hmm. So then the next day, oh, sorry, the, after that, the healer cleans himself the room and asks people to do the same that are involved. The third stage is the actual exorcism where they recite Quranic verses. Uh, and depending on the type of spirit, they've discovered what it is. Now, they use honey and water as a purification ritual to clean the body and soul of the sins. Now, this is where he twisted things, and instead of using honey and water, he was using fentanyl, propopol, uh, propofol, uh, ketamine, diazomol. Um, he had a whole concoction of these drugs in his house because he was an anaesthetist. Mm-hmm. Did I get it right that time? Mm-hmm. So he actually got her addicted to these drugs and was performing these exorcisms uh, and he was just a fanatic. So it was not really the religious acts that he was doing but it was his perversion. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this is just awful. I'm trying to skip over because it, it's like we're just about to go to the uh, the we next can, song. We can come back after the song. No, that's okay. So the jog, the the judge said it was a grotesque breach of trust by you as a doctor. She was found barely alive, um, and he she was an, actually a nurse as well. So you'd think that she'd know better, but the, he was preying on women. Mm-hmm. There's only two other women they know of, but who else has he done this to? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the end, he um, was sentenced, to, as I said, to over 14 years. But they, some of the recordings showed Miss Williams strapped on a bed. In others, she was in a bath. Some she was in a, some sort of white liquid being administered on occasions with an electric device as well. Goodness so, gracious me. I, I just want to use this as a warning to people. If somebody comes up to you and says to you, you've got a devil or a demon or um, something that's following you around, you need to be exercised, please use your common sense. You do not... It might might make you feel special. You might think, oh, yeah, I knew there was something wrong with me. But seek help from medical professionals that can talk you through this process. And I, I, I mean mental health professionals. And that doesn't mean that you're insane. It means that they can actually talk to you about what's happening, that you feel this way. Am I right, Renata? Mm, absolutely. Uh, there are many reasons why people might feel that there is bad luck following them or that they have you know, done something wrong somewhere or have an attachment. We hear this all the time. Even when people come to uh, Maitland Jail, there is still a, a bunch of people that is still so scared that they will walk out with some sort of an attachment, even though we continuously say to them, you are in safe hands, everything will be okay. But the vulnerability of people is on many different levels. Um, And if someone like this hits someone who is terribly vulnerable and that will listen to someone who they feel is great, is more empowered than they are, they're likely to be biased by those statements. And so therefore they will go, well, you know, that man said... I have something wrong with me or I have someone who is following me, um, then I'm, I'm going to believe it. Yeah, and the actual Islamic 
um, prayer for this and everything. Let's go over that again. Is prayer, honey, and maybe essential oils, not drugs injected into you through your chest. Mm. And it's spooky chat time. We have got some questions in already, Renata. Now, the the topic we're going to bring up tonight, if we get time, because there's quite a bit on here already, we have um, a message here from Trisha. And she said, when I was in Tasmania with my daughters, we visited Port Arthur and decided to go on the ghost tour. I saw a child, 10-year-old figure, that was a boy playing hide-and-seek behind a pillar, plus my eldest daughter saw horses. We took photos within a field. Nothing was there, but yet when we had the photos developed, it was filled with orbs. Strange but true. Do my girls have the gift? Please. (laughs) Oh, my darling, my sweetheart. Um, Tricia, it's an awesome thing that you saw these spirits. I like that they've gone to the effort to take photos to see are they seeing it with their mind's eye Mm -hmm. or are they seeing it, is it a real thing? Mm -hmm. The likelihood is that you are seeing it in your mind's eye, that it is a message that is being given to you telepathically. The orbs that you see are actually dust and I hate to dampen the rest of the night but Anything that is captured on film, unless it is a figure that can be made out by the naked eye and doesn't have to be enlarged or doesn't have to be tweaked or made clearer, then the likelihood is what you are capturing is something that the camera has captured uh, and it's a reflection of a dust particle or a light anomaly or it could be refraction from water. And particularly if you were looking in a field where there's horses, there could be uh, insects and if it's a warm day, you'll have heat rising from the ground which would lift uh, particles up. And a whole lot of stuff. And who am I to talk about this stuff? Um, I've done... Uh, probably about six, seven, eight years of photography where I've gone to TAFE to study and I've actually worked in a photographer's laboratory where I have actually um, done processing of film and photographs. And you were a wedding photographer. And I was a wedding (laughs) photographer. So that kind of gives me a bit of knowledge with regard to that. And digital cameras now, and this is a whole other topic that we could go on for two hours, um, have a particular way of making these orbs come through. If you look at your standard uh, cameras of a number of years ago where film had to be loaded, you don't see orbs. Very rarely will you see an orb. And what we're talking about orbs um, for people who might not be um, aware of that word is these round spots that you get that seem to be uh, a little bit opaque or they can be see-through. And when you enlarge them large enough, you can sometimes make out some sort of a shape or something in the centre of them, which many people think um, are the, the captured souls of spirits. But they're not. They're not. They're just not. And you have to know how cameras work and how digital cameras work and how the flash on those cameras work to understand why these things are now being captured. Two hours later? Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's one of it's her favourite topics. It's really frustrating because it, it leads people off the right track, which is the tele- the telepathy that's going on yeah, here. Yeah, because what you were doing, Trisha, was a great thing. You were thinking logically, take a photo, see if it's really mm. there. But because of um, the wrong information that's been put out there by other people, mm-hmm. They're um, making people think that these orb things are... If you saw it with your own eye and an orb came floating towards you in real life... That's that would, a whole different that's game. That's a different thing. Absolutely. But anything taken that has glass reflections or uh, the ability to have uh, an aurora, aurora, aura um, reflect off it uh, is not going to be a spirit. Yeah. Uh, also, Jock's going to get his cup, which is great. He was, um, he said, oh, I want something. Oh, okay. Deborah said, thank you for the music and great for all the rich witches out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boomtish. Yeah. Um, apparently, Portable Tree uh, said that uh, her pastor, not as in delicious Alfredo, said that she had a demon attached to her. I'm assuming she, sorry. Um, but, uh, you know. She uh, flicked probably the the birdie at that one. (laughs) I don't believe you had. Uh, What else have we got on there? Now, what's the question tonight? Um, Should paranormal investigators or ghost hunting teams, when they come to a house because uh, someone has given them a call and said, um, it's haunted, uh, I need your help, should they charge? Yeah. So what's your thoughts? Text that uh, response through to 0490-84886. That's 0490-84886. So, Renata, what do you think? Do you think we should charge? Oh, God. You know, we're open up, opening up a Pandora's box of evil here. Oh, I'm waiting for the... I'm well, going to put my raincoat on and put my, my umbrella when, up because the poop will be flung. When when there's talk about charging for anything. Um, look, it, it depends on many, many things. We, do, we don't charge. Mm. We, we don't charge when we go out. But we have really had to actually do any... Clearing. No, because <laughs> no, we've been able to solve everything. <laughs> Very rarely have we been uh, have to do any clearing. Um, we've been able to sit down and you know, we can take a couple of hours to chat with people and to talk through what the essence of the story is and break it down piece by piece. So we give our time freely uh, with that. Uh, if we had to travel to a, a, another state... Well, I, not I even would, another state. If we have to drive for two hours somewhere... Yeah, I'd, I'd charge people petrol money yeah because it's it's our time but it's also wear and tear on the car and petrol and, and everything to get there and to get back um, I think that's fair enough but I have heard of people charging three or four hundred dollars a go and then they will end the session saying I've got rid of a few but another one has come in you've got so, lots more here so I'm going to have to come back and I'm going to have to charge you another three hundred dollars so this is where things get a bit dark and gruesome and you should be really thinking about whether this particular person is doing the right thing for you. And it's not like there's any qualifications in this area. No. So uh, I, as a music teacher, uh, I used to teach singing, I used to teach piano, I studied since I was seven years old, I did a degree in music, I would charge to teach singing, I would charge to teach piano because that was a skill that I had uh, been taught. Mm-hmm. Um, and had spent a lot of money on, so I need to recoup that money. Now, in saying that, I just did a course 
that cost me $800 through mm-hmm. the University of Edinburgh. So should I try to recoup some of that money as a paranormal investigator by sharing that knowledge with people? Yeah, but it's not its not about recouping the money because as people who are in the uh, field, we should be studying continuously and learning and continually keeping up with it. And that happens... Same in, as piano and singing. Yeah, same with every other thing. Something new comes along, you need to be on top of that and you need to be studying and learning what the new stuff is and um, stay stay well above the field um, look I myself I did four, three, four years of um, counselling and that cost me a couple of thousand dollars to do that mm. you know it's it's a skill I, I keep on learning that all the time there are other avenues that I've gone into to sort of build upon that so that when I do talk to people I'm talking with from some point of reference but um, it's it's actually what you're charging people for is for your knowledge base for the stuff that's taken you 10 20 30 years to learn yeah that's what you're charging people for We've got some feedback from various people what they are thinking about this particular topic. All right, sorry. Of course, I've pressed the wrong button, haven't I? Joe said, "Uh, hell yeah, I could do with the extra income. (laughs) But really, probably not. She enjoys doing it, so uh, she doesn't. Uh, Then we have someone here who I – just so that I – have hate mail yes people should charge i don't know uh, anyone who offers a service that doesn't charge why should this be different i would expect to compensate someone for their time but i certainly wouldn't be sucked into the paying 500 dollars for someone to come blow smoke up my butt and tell me it's a demon <laughs> <laughs> literally yep i agree mm. uh and i think portable tree's got a uh, a good point here unfortunately there are many vulnerable people out there and some people are being ripped off because of paranormal hauntings tv shows etc and yet people find it difficult to pay money for art that one can spend hours making that is true too that is very true anyone who is a creative or an artist knows that they will never ever in a million years get their money back unless they're at the real top absolutely top top of their their profession and so well known that they just have to put a dot on a canvas and they'll get a million dollars for it otherwise everyone else is struggling doing hours and hours of stuff and they get a nominal fee hardly enough money to cover their costs yeah yeah i found this as a singer and a piano player uh that people go um you're charging how much Mm. but you just you just kind of sit there and sing play piano it's not like you're doing, doing anything i said well <laughs> ask your aunt doris to play piano and sing for you instead of me at your wedding mm-hmm. and they go oh <laughs> yeah they don't realize that there is effort and just Train. because you have a talent doesn't mean that you can't charge for it mm. that's what people say about um, mediums and psychics as well yes. well it's a gift it's a god-given it's a gift. gift you can't <laughs> pay for it but yeah what about setting up uh getting your insurances setting up stuff buying your equipment doing more training um it's also your time and time yes like were you supposed to give up 40 hours a week to do readings for people for free and then you can't pay your own bills Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm. it's a hump uh, a, a hard one that now i've got a big one here for you oh she likes a big one uh right this is sandra hi guys my cousin's mum has just passed it was a peaceful death 
One of my cousins had a spirit with beautiful, loving energy, presumably her mum, come to her home. Her severely disabled son giggled for hours on end. However, something else seemed to have followed my other cousin home from the nursing home. Also, she has created a poltergeist. Since that time, it feels very negative in her disabled son's room. Both of my cousins have disabled children. Lights have been flashing on and off, and glasses and bottles have smashed on their own. Some sage cleansing has been attempted with no effect. What advice could you give? We have suggested that she gets some Reiki healing. Do you know anyone who could do a good job of cleansing the house? She lives in Brisbane. Mm. There's so much going on there. So much going on there and not enough information. And I always say there is not enough information. I need to know the details. I need to know what's going on. I need to know what's going on for this person. Is she still so emotionally bereft after the death of someone that is close um, that she's not handling the situation uh, and that she's falling apart emotionally, mentally, spiritually uh, and physically and always our number one go-to is make sure you are well make sure there is no other medical reason for the things that are going on with the with the persons involved that is the first thing that needs to be done and sorted if you can come away from the doctor and and the doctor has said no actually i can't find anything uh, then the next port of call is let's look at the spiritual side of things let's look at what is lacking there what has been triggered what emotional stuff is going on and let's settle that down first because the more settled you are the less likely that these attachments, whatever you would like to call them, bad juju, bad energy is going to hang around. Um, and part of that is also our, our fear that there is something bad going on. And so we have to sit down and have to have a long chat about this. Um, because she's in Brisbane, she'll have to find someone pretty good we, we, we may be able to help we do know some people up there so uh can you message us on the Anne and renata uh frightfully good page and we will help you out yeah. right now we've got to get to a song which then heads to the news stay tuned because after the news we have got renata's ghost story and my trash and treasure Woo-hoo. always a treat you're listening to spooky sundays on newcastle live radio going to go into some more stories. I was just telling Anne before we came on uh, about a gentleman that I have been in connection with over this weekend. Oh, I'm excited. Who, yeah, who may be able to, you know, get us into a place or two when we go over to England next year. He has connections. He has connections. So mm. that could be interesting. It's going to be an interesting 2022 as long as the universe behaves itself. I'm yeah. just sending that message out there to the universe. Excuse I, me. I actually said to my husband today that um, my next Saturday a day off once we get through the Christmas period will be June. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorting that one out. Yeah, well, I think yeah. we're going to go somewhere on that day. <laughs> so there will be no time off. No. You can figure it no, out. No, he can that. take the weekdays off. That's all I've got. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. So I'm progressing uh, back to the story that I started off with this evening, which was about the black-eyed children of Canuck Chase. And when I started researching this story, I found that there were many people who were writing about the black children of Canuck case and they all had something a little bit different to say and this is where we go back into
into the biases and of what people learn uh, when it comes to the paranormal and how they then adjust their view to suit what they have learnt Mm -hmm. rather than kind of going in and going, maybe it is something else or maybe I should learn a little bit more or, or look at other opportunities or options, um, I've learned this and that is the category I'm going to stick this story in. So let's read another um, person's uh, experiences about the black-eyed children of Canuck Case, or Chase, sorry, Chase, Canuck Chase. Uh, The locals of Canuck Chase in Staffordshire, England, know the area for its beauty and its scenic bike trails and hiking trails. However, the English are serious ghost hunters and they found something a little bit more sinister at Canuck Chase. Of course they did. During the 1960s, an evil monster prowled the area seeking young female victims. Margaret Reynolds, a six-year-old girl, vanished while on her way to school in September 1965. A search party of 2,000 people searched for her and they didn't find her. Oh, no. Before 1965 ended, a five-year-old girl named Diane Tift left home to visit her grandmother. She never made it. Her brother Terence was the last person to see her alive. On January the 12th, 1966, a man found the body of a dead girl in a ditch in Canuck Chase. The police soon arrived to investigate. After removing one body, they found the crumpled body of another dead girl. Someone had murdered the girls and then stacked them on top of each other. Margaret Reynolds and Diane Tift were no longer missing. They were dead. In August 1967, a man had approached a seven-year-old girl named Christine Darby. He had pulled up to Christine and persuaded her to get into his car. Another child witnessed Christine enter the stranger's car. No one saw Christine alive again. Someone found her body within several days of her disappearance. Her unknown killer had strangled her and then dumped her body a mile away from the other two murdered girls. The killer eventually got careless. While driving his green and white Corsair, he tried to abduct another girl. Fortunately, a neighbour saw the abduction attempt and yelled at the man. The neighbour then called the police. The neighbour observed the car's licence plate. The car belonged to a factory worker named Raymond Morris. He was a creepy man that had allegedly taken photos of schoolgirls in 1966. However, there wasn't enough proof to arrest him for anything. He would eventually kill at least one more girl. Authorities arrested and then tried Morris in 1969 for killing Christine Darby. One officer involved in the investigation said Morris had cold, calculating eyes and showed no remorse. It's believed he killed the other two girls, but there was only ever enough evidence for Morris to be charged with killing Christine. He would never see another day outside of prison. A jury convicted Morris in two hours on February 18, 1969. He received a life sentence and after spending 45 years in prison, he died on March the 11th, 2014. However, this isn't the end of the story. I want to tell you about an old legend that people may, um, that people from many nations have shared in various language, languages. It's the legend of the black-eyed children. For many years, people have claimed to have encountered ghostly children without eyes. Some claim they are aliens, while others have claimed they are ghosts of murdered children. Most likely you have either read about this legend or seen a movie about it. Canuck Chase is one place where people have claimed to see a ghostly girl walking the trails. 
Those who have been unfortunate enough to see her claim she has no eyes. She has two dark orbs that have replaced her eyes. Not the orbs. No. Yeah. It's just another word for round things. Okay. <laughs> Some people think Christine Darby spends her I'm eternity... I'm going to bring you a bunch of orbs for your birthday. <laughs> um, some people think Christine Darby spends her eternity wandering because she cannot see. And the reason she cannot see is that Raymond Morris put a blindfold on Christine after abducting her. Isn't that interesting? Others think Morris may have also killed and assaulted many other young girls. No one knows exactly how many children Raymond Morris killed. Is it possible that spirits of these deceased girls are still seeking the justice they never received while alive? So there's another fellow called Mark, who was a long-time resident of Claremont um, County and an avid reader. And you can actually contact him through his macabre.com um, page. Uh, and he also has a Facebook page called The Macabre and also a podcast called Catch My Killer. And this is what he writes. On Saturday the 13th of September, my wife and I were walking through Cannock Chase near the Stile Cop with our dog. Once we had entered the woodland and the road was no longer visible, we started to hear the giggling noise of a little girl. <laughs> that sounded like a sick pony. <laughs> to our amazement, a child no taller than one metre in height appeared as if out of nowhere, further up the path in front of us. We stopped dead in our tracks after noticing her eyes had no colour. Hello, mister. Her head was tilted to the side in much the same way it would appear if she had been hung. He stared. Don't don't breathe heavily, Renata. Don't breathe heavily. uh, She stared at us for about five minutes. That's a long time. That's a long long time. time. It's a long time. I think that might have been a slight exaggeration. Before running away into a densely grouped area of trees. My wife wanted to follow her, but I was having none of it. An earlier description of the girl mirrors that of those chronicled in the early 1980s. So there's another fella. Paranormal investigator Lee Brickley, who is looking into the sightings of black-eyed children. Around two months ago, my daughter and I were walking through Birch's Valley when we heard the screams of a young child. I couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl, but they definitely seemed in distress and sounded very close to us. So we instantly started running towards the noise. We couldn't find the child anywhere and so stopped to catch our breath. Isn't this the story you told at the start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Just sit through it again, people. Enjoy. (laughs) Shut up. Uh, That's when I turned around and saw a girl behind me, no more than 10 years old, with her hands over her eyes while she was waiting for a birthday cake. While she was waiting for a birthday cake. Yeah, 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 got that, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I asked her if she was okay. She, no, 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 no. I jumped back and grabbed my daughter when she she took her hands down and she had no freaking eyes. She had black holes. She's got dementia. She doesn't remember (laughs) she's read this. No. I'm just, I'm I'm gathering the three different stories. So we could have said the story we did earlier. See see what I have to put up with, people? I I botched up my story. I had to do hers. (laughs) I jumped back and grabbed my daughter. When I looked again, the child was gone. Disappeared? It was strange, really. I knew something was going to happen even before it did. I just had a weird feeling. (laughs) Now, Brickley told the HuffPost UK, in my opinion, the black-eyed child seems to be some kind of demon. That's what I'm trying to get to. So we've had one person say it's a demon, one person say it's an alien, and one person say it's a child that died of diphtheria or something. So who's right? Who's right? 
Uh, while it might seem that a standard spectral encounter, almost all of the reports involve the child leading people towards potentially dangerous situations. No, they don't. It doesn't say that anywhere. They just stood there and looked at them for five minutes oh. and then ran away. How's that leading them to a... So oh. I, have, I have received nine different reports in the last two years from seemingly credible witnesses. There's going to be a movie about black During kids, interviews, isn't there? I think there's been one. Yeah. During interviews, most of their stories have been very similar. That's because they were appeared in the paper. And then they copy them. Dumb person. So we've found <laughs> in our true hauntings research, they just all copy each other. I'm also appealing for more reports. So if anyone has any information, I ask that they get in touch as soon as possible. I think we're getting cynical, Renata. Well, the thing about this is that, um, yes, people have seen these things allegedly and everyone has a different opinion on what it is. That's That's the whole gist of what I was trying to get out. And the thing is, which one is right? Well, we don't know. We don't know. We won't know until we catch one and dissect it. Yes. We we want to give a shout out to Addison, whose um, birthday is today. That's Renee's daughter. She is six years old. Oh, Addison, this is for you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Addison. Happy birthday to you. Oh, how many? Oh, God, we're good. Um, and we have a complaint from Joe. First off, she said that she's picked the wrong careers all round because she's a paranormal investigator. Can't get paid. Uh, and she's also a wildlife rescuer. Yeah, can't, can't get paid. paid and cost her money so she's she's screwed but the um she said here that she's got a complaint she wants to know what's going on because she hasn't heard the word penis yet (laughs) (laughs) fix that problem okay my turn (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, Oh, beautiful people it is time for paranormal trash or treasure with strap in (laughs) strap down now i i have to tell you that while i was doing the research for this Mm -hmm. I found your Christmas present. Oh, did you? And I had to put a bid in on it. Oh, no. So if if I win, okay. I'll have to present it to you here live on radio mm-hmm. um, and you can meet them. Oh, them. Mm. Mm. Let's say I was researching this topic when I found her. Okay. Mm. All right. You'll love her. Anyway, tonight we're going to meet Bessie. Bessie. Now, her picture is on the uh, Newcastle Live Radio group Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's a very cute little doll. She is. Now, she's wearing a little costume, isn't she? Yes, she is. Now, what is it? I'm not saying. Why not? Because it's got nothing to do with <laughs> She's wearing what looks like to be a traditional Polish costume or similar. Yeah, uh, it's I, not, but I, never mind. I recognise it because uh-huh. um, when we got married, when, as I said, it is our wedding anniversary today, um, we had our nieces and nephews wear the traditional Polish costumes that uh-huh. they used to go to Polish school in. So uh-huh. she doesn't look horrible or nasty or possessed at all. No. But her name is Bessie, very Polish name. Extremely. <laughs> um, and the, the title says Haunted Doll Bessie, Medium Spirit Protector, Premonitions, Dream Apparitions. Oh, she covers okay. quite a bit, doesn't mm. she? Now, she's only... Good SEO there. <laughs> <laughs> We're learning about SEO. <laughs> uh, and look, she's only 49.50 pound. Oh, pound, right. But this is the part that you will love most about this doll, Renata. Mm-hmm. She is nine inches. <laughs> and made out of porcelain in very good condition. Oh, nice. Um, now, this, this person has put in capital, capital letters here, do not waste my time. 
oh. if you're not actually going to pay for her. Uh-huh. Anyway, she says, welcome to the auction and meet from her very own collection, Bessie. Bessie is a very powerful protector. She is the spirit of a medium and clairvoyant who always helped people. Mm -hmm. Bessie has asked me to find her a new home as she feels that she is very urgently needed elsewhere and not here. I am very sad to list her, but I must abide by her wishes, especially as she feels that she is wasting time here when I could be elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Very chatty doll. Mm-hmm. Bessie communicates mainly through dreams and by meditation. Oh, that's interesting. That's when your imagination's at its most active, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> she projects premonitions into her owner's dreams. The dreams are very vivid, and the more time that you spend around her, the more vivid they will become. Mm -hmm. In capital letters, place Bessie by your bed, all nine inches of her, preferably away from other spirits. You have to tell the other spirits to move over so that she can show you warnings and premonitions. Bessie is saying that for maximum effect, it is best if I am placed alone by your bedside so that my energies are not mixed up with other spirits. You're going to have to move the vodka from your bedside table. Oh, dear. Okay. She has shown me various scenarios of what may happen if including pictures, visions of me rushing to work early morning and forgetting to do something important. You will only have to go back to the house to get this. So get up a few minutes earlier or organise yourself the night before. She's very helpful. She's like your own personal secretary, this doll. She's she's like Alexa. (laughs) Alexa set a reminder. Um, Bessie had warned me about smoke alarms in my flat. Ooh. Mm. I had a very disturbing dream of fires and I would wake up with a start. Well, I was drawn to checking these smoke alarms and I realised that they did not have any batteries in them. Well, there you go. What happened to the batteries? Did they just apport and disappear? Maybe they never had batteries in the first place. Well, why would you bother putting them up there if you weren't going to have batteries in them? Anyway, um, so if there'd been a fire in the, the flat, they would have died. Mm. Mm. I also had a premonition and a very strong urge to rush back to my house to check that the door was locked. Normally I would ignore the urge, but it was very powerful and worrying sensation. When I got home, I saw the back window had been left wide open, which could have been a possible invitation to a buckler. Right. Burglar. Bessie has told me that she will protect the whole family and she is very insistent that she needs to leave as soon as possible. So this is why I am feeling strongly that I need to list her. Bessie has found... Bessie was found in a quaint trinket shop in Holland. I realised that she was more than just a doll as her energies were very strong and inviting. Bessie has said that she needs to help as many people as possible, so if you ever feel that she is needed elsewhere, please pass her on or lend her to anyone who may need her. Questions are very welcome. All sales are final, and there are no returns. Well, at least she's a good little doll. I know! Very helpful. I had to leave sex alone for the week. I thought I can't do another one (laughs) of No. 
we don't. But no, we don't. She sounds <laughs> She sounds very nice. I mean, if she did all that, she's worth the the, the ninety two dollars eighty two Australian. Absolutely. She is available on eBay right now. If anyone is interested, you just have to type in "haunted doll Bessie medium spirit protector premonitions dream apparitions" and you will find her straight away. <laughs> oh, nice. You like her? Yeah. Do you think she's trash or treasure? Um, she's probably trash. She's but trash, <laughs> but she, she's helpful trash. But at least, at least this person has kind of gone for the the nice side of things, and it's not an evil demonic doll or you know anything like that. It's, it's a nice change, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's a lovely little doll that will help and assist you, and and make sure that you've closed all your windows and doors and not left the iron on before you leave the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a message, <coughs> sorry, from Deborah Ann saying, telling someone uh, who believes everything is an orb, but look at the face in. It, telling them about pareidolia and they look at you like you're an asshole. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. And not, we, we are oh not saying gosh. Trisha is like that at all. No. We're, we're just saying that we have had experiences with people and you explain to them like Renata did. She gets very passionate about it. She has knowledge. And then they look at you and go, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I have no idea. No idea. So that's, and that's okay. That's why we take a deep breath every time somebody mentions orbs, because um, we don't want to upset people. Mm. We don't like upsetting people. Uh, and some people like Trisha are, are quite happy to learn and, and know more, but then they get the ones who are just really hard-headed, aren't they? Mm. Yep. And have written books about it. There's actually, when we are at the last Mind, Body, Spirit Expo, there was a lady who was an orbologist. <coughs> do you remember that? Yeah, she had pictures up of all the different yep. orbs and had explanations for all of them, and so did we. Yes. But um, no, hers were the right ones, apparently. Yeah. And look, that's okay. Everyone's at a particular level. Yep. Um, all I ask of people is they keep an open mind and they have a look at what alternative explanations there might be. That's yeah. all. So if you ask for an explanation or if you ask for an opinion, don't shut that person down the moment they open their mouths and go, well, I think it's this. We could be wrong. We could be wrong. We don't really know. We do. Well, but we do. <laughs> Just before we go to our lovely Christy, um, a big shout out to one of our grand poobars, Lisa, who travelled all the way from Sydney to be at our Maitland Jail tour last night. She even stayed in a haunted hotel last night. Yeah. <laughs> what a delightful woman that is. Oh, yes. She was beautiful. She was. And she stayed behind to help us pack up and we had a, a really good chat. It was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just, I feel so privileged that we have people who will travel that far to come and hang out with us yeah yeah maybe so, it was the jail and not us but you know um lisa thank you from the bottom of our hearts we loved having you and, and uh you're going to come back for the wall and buy sleepover yes uh and lisa is one of our patreon supporters and you can support us if you enjoy the sort of work that we do uh, consider becoming a patreon supporter all you have to do is look up Anne and renata frightfully good and on patreon and you will find us um so what christy how are you hello i'm good yeah so tonight, Pomandas. Pomandas. Why uh, am I talking about them? You said you're taking us back to the 13th century, so. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was only the 70s. <laughs> Why are you talking when about. When Renata was a wee little <laughs> <laughs> Now, don't, don't get involved in that, please. I can't have the no. two of you doing this. 
Okay. So I was actually inspired to talk about Pamandas tonight from listening to the last two episodes of True Hauntings. Oh. So that's your podcast, we, by the way. We yes. inspired somebody, Renata. Oh, okay. Yes. Tell me why. So the London Underground and the episode of For the Rocks. Mm-hmm. So the world was just covered in steaming piles of poo. <laughs> Yes, that is my takeaway from those two episodes. Great, it's true. We are educators. That's right, and you know, and I and I was just thinking the stench would have just pervaded everything twenty four seven. Be on the bottom of your clothes, it'd be on your shoes, it would just be everywhere. Be poopy, and you know, not to mention the fact back in you know those. 1700s, 1800s, you know, bathing wasn't a daily, weekly no. or monthly ritual. No, so, it was, wasn't. Not enough know. lavender in the world to cope with <laughs> That's it. That's right. No. You could only imagine that waft combined with steaming piles of poo. That's why, women, that's why women took flowers to the wedding. Yes. Oh, was it? Yes. yes. That's why yes, they had bouquets. To cover their odour. Oh, my God. Yes, just to cover the odour. Yeah. But a pomander. So that actually translates as apple of perfume. So it was actually first mentioned in the 13th, in literature in the 13th century. And now we're going to fast forward. There you go. I started the 13th century. But over the centuries, you know, you could wear one on a neck chain or you could hang it from your belt. Um, so you would have that nice aroma coming up, you know, from your body rather than your bodily so smells, you, I guess. you actually had the pomander hanging from your clothing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. But people also believe that it could also protect you against infections at t- in times of pestilence. So, you know, they would actually carry it in their hand. And there is actually a, a portrait, I think, of Queen Victoria sitting there with a pomander in her hand. So, you know, they would just put it in front of their face rather than a mask and just, you know, smell, you know, the, whatever perfume was coming. Because sometimes it was just wood soaked in oil. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm with that so yeah so i guess you know through in the modern more modern times where a pomander is usually made from an orange started with cloves and it's hung to cure so you can use it as an air freshener or you can pop it in your drawers to scent your linen, linens and clothing renata renata we, hang on we we don't when she says drawers she does not mean your underwear <laughs> okay just we can put one in there if you wanted to <laughs> Oh, no, I'm not even going to say No, don't, don't. Just move on. Don't move on. So while it is also a practical way of scenting the air, it can also keep flies away, which is great (laughs) in summer. (laughs) We've gone. You want to pop that in your drawer? Up to you. (laughs) Why do you do this to us every week, Christy? (laughs) It's just your dirty mind. I'm just talking normal, yeah? But let's talk about pomandas in a magical way. So so they can be used to attract money and, you know, for security. So it's a beautiful craft to make for Christmas because you can use them for decorating. So you can decorate them with coloured ribbons and hang them like as baubles. I'm just ignoring you. I'm going to keep going. Listeners, just let them them go. We can't talk anyway, so go for it. So with the with the pomandas, the smell lasts for a long time. So when the smell's actually gone, you can actually burn them as an offering. <laughs> so how to make one? So, 
wrap your orange in ribbon so you can do it in a cross design and then you can use pins to hold the ribbon in place. Oh, these old ladies have lost it. And then you can stub the orange in any design you like. So studding it with the cloves. So just make sure the cloves don't touch each other because actually as the orange dries, it shrinks right. and the cloves actually draw in and they can um, fall out. So leave enough space in there for your cloves. Mm-hmm. Um, you can cure your pomander in the oven. So just on low temp for about 150 degrees for an hour or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also, also, for a longer way, Place them in a paper bag in a cool, dry place for six weeks. But doing it that way, you have to keep checking them in case there is any moisture and they actually start to mould. Oh, this is true. <clears throat> now, you I can't have mouldy drawers. Uh, no. Over, over in England, they're really big on the uh, dried fruits and, and cinnamon sticks and everything f- around Christmas time. Oh, I remember the mm-hmm. mould yeah, wine we had. Yeah. Oh. When you go over there, all of their, their, like, their shops have these things that you can hang up and they're made of all of these beautiful pieces of oranges and lemons and cinnamon and, and the smell is just divine. And I remember making one of these with my mother, and it's actually my mother's birthday today as well. Oh. She's, she's now passed on, but um, I, that's how I was first introduced to them, was this the orange. And I bought some last year. I bought two oranges and two bags of cloves, and I was ready to make some. And then Roman ate the oranges. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> but yeah, so once you make them, if you're putting them in a bag, you can actually roll them in cinnamon or nutmeg or spice, something like that, just to add to that fragrance with them as well. Um, but if you are creating your um, pomander for a magical use, so for prosperity or um, as you stud the clothes, do it consciously and with intention for the prosperity and the abundance that you want to call into your life. I'm going to make a pomander. I, I reckon we should do yeah. a live video we'll making. Do a, <laughs> we'll do a live video of making. That's a good idea. I think Let's we'll do, do, we'll that. do that for Christmas. Yeah. And can we drink wine while we're doing we it? Can, <laughs> we can. <laughs> that, that, we'll be doing drunk pomanders. <laughs> <by this trip. laughs> and popping them in your drawers. And, and Christy, if, if you're allowed out of the house by then, you can come join us. All three of us can make pomanders. <laughs> All right. Let's make it a date, the 19th. Sunday <laughs> the 19th. All right. Come in and it's pomander day. Start an orange with you. <laughs> we can I, do it in studio. <laughs> I, I think that's a brilliant idea. And I'm, I, I really love the fact that you brought this up because this, for many people, uh, is bringing back lots of memories of family time when they did things that were far more simple. They actually made things for Christmas and um, decorated them and there was a mission behind that, an intention. Uh, and all of that seems to be lost nowadays as we sort of just and go to the shops days, and get anything. These bloody young people oh, have forgotten <laughs> how to do all these things. Oh, well, once again, Christy, thank you so much for your information and uh, your wonderful insight into pomanders um, we've had some uh, amazing feedback while you've been talking uh, Deborah Ann says I'll never have to buy fly spray ever again <laughs> which is just awesome um, yes and uh, yes absolutely so thank you very much we will see you or listen to your insights next week again and if people want to buy anything from you where do they go spellsandspirits.com.au Awesome. And to support a local business, people, go buy your presents from local businesses and uh, make everyone have a happy Christmas. Yes. You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata. Don't you just love Christie's 
uh, portions of the show. Aren't she, they just amazing? She's wicked. She sets us off into a, pu- a puddle every week. I know. And I don't right? even know what she does to do it. <laughs> I've got no idea, but we just we start to wheeze and we can't talk. Yeah. And look, I, we do hope that uh, our two hours of um, a Sunday evening are here as entertainment for you all that are listening and that you might find it in your hearts to tell other people to come on and have a listen to. We are we are doing it in a bit of a, a light-hearted way because otherwise it would just be a dull and boring Sunday evening and we would lose you all. So we need to keep it entertaining. But when we, when it actually comes to the work of dealing with people who have problems and oh, believe they have ghosts in the house... We are super serious. We are super serious uh, in a very friendly way. Um, I do believe we have good knowledge mm-hmm. on, on what we are doing and we hope that we don't lead people astray. No. Well, we do in some areas, but not not in the paranormal area. No, no, no. So when you're asking us a specific question about something, we do come at it um, uh, with as much knowledge as we can. And if we don't know something, we'll go searching for it. We don't well, make stuff up. No, we will say we don't know, but we will find out for you. Um, and look, a portable Christmas tree, as yes. she's now calling herself, um, we will be, uh, we're going to take what you've suggested there as your pet peeve, and we're going to talk about that next week. Yes, because Downloads. I, know, I know this so well. I've heard this so many times. Downloads. Now, bef- before we oh, do... Robert just said it would be as dry as a Sunday roast if you were serious. <laughs> That is true, Robert. Hey, my Sunday roasts aren't dry. They're <laughs> moist. Oh, oh, I hate that word. <laughs> We've got T-shirts with that word on it. Thanks, Isaac. <laughs> now, um, just before uh, anything else, I want to give a shout-out to all of those people who are carers for people who are unwell or have disabilities or are looking after elderly parents or what in whatever capacity you are a carer, I am sending you thousands of hugs and I am sending you so much determination, courage and everything else that you need to keep this going because over the last few years my husband has been quite unwell and I have kind of in a way taken a position of carer for him and uh, a few days ago I had um, an issue at a particular very large store in um, Newcastle where Begins he... with C, ends with O <laughs> where he could not walk and we were waiting for a mobile like a, a, a mobility scooter and that didn't arrive and so we had to use a wheelchair to get him around and number one he's a big man he couldn't fit into that freaking wheelchair and then I had to try and push around like 150 160 kilos and I thought my back was going to break so honestly these people that just do this on a day-to-day basis (coughs) they they find a way of getting up in the morning and going I need to look after whoever it is that I'm looking after and I'm going to do the best work that I can. To you, I send my love and my admiration because not enough people, I think, spend time saying how great you guys are. And look, I think it's really important that you put yourself first sometimes. I yep. really think it's so important because you can't be the best you can be for other people if you are not the best for yourself. Yeah, if you're finding yourself close to a breakdown, <coughs> find a friend um, yep. or get a day off. Talk to your doctor, get some respite. Doctor, whatever it is, um, because you guys, you know, people depend on you. So, yep. And I've just got a happy note here for you, Renata. Mm-hmm. Jess texted in to say that she enjoys Brittany too. 
Oh, thank you. There's two of us. <laughs> Deborah Ann just popped in to say, love the show. I used to watch boring telly, but now I listen to you guys and oh. laugh and dance. The two hours go too fast. They do, I reckon they? we should go to a three-hour no. show. What do you reckon? <laughs> no. T- no. Just text through with three hours. No. Three hours. No. If you want us to go for three oh, hours. Oh, my God. I couldn't. I'd or maybe have, twice a week. I'd we have could to do have medication. Shows. I'd have to. <laughs> I can help there. I have to be medicated. No. There's there's only so much stuff you can do for free, Anne. Jenny also said, look forward to listening to you each Sunday night. It really makes my week. Oh, thank you. Remember we used to do our Sunday show? When we first started off, we were the Paranormal Party podcast. Yes. We were doing live shows on Facebook, and uh, we used to dress up with wigs and and funny glasses and the eyes that would come off your glasses with springs on them. and, and and, yeah, we and did. do serious paranormal stuff with laughter. Mm-hmm. That's been like three or four years. Oh, at least four years. Wow. Four years. So we've been bringing laughter to the paranormal for four years. Yep. <laughs> and on that note, we are going to say goodnight for this evening. And uh, we hope you are all well and understand that the crazy season is upon us. So please be aware of all safety as you go about your week ahead. Crispy says three hours. Portable Tree says three hours. Jenny Elton no. says four hours. <laughs> No, you crazy people, <laughs> for goodness sake. Um, yes, so we say sayonara, goodbye, good evening, gute Nacht, dovidzenia, dobranot, and everything else. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you see again you next, next week. week. Bye. Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts, but sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable, sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live.